This is Stuck in the Middle Podcast, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, uh, innovators, creators of African descent. I am Reflex, uh, one of your hosts here on the platform. We have a special guest in the building or oh, joining us today. You know what I mean? We used to COVID-19 uh, barriers, social distancing, and all that good stuff. Can't wait till we're back in the studio, though. But I uh, definitely want to remind you, if you are watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If this is the first time you're checking us out, hit the ringer so you get updates, notifications every time we drop something new. We are also online, SITM Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate everybody who emails us. If you want to write for us in our blog section, SITMPodcast237 at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, we got a special guest joining us today. She's an award-winning host, a reporter for Fox News, Fox Sports, rather, a DMV Sports Media Person of the Year, a professor, and Georgetown alum. Please, please, please welcome Kelsey Nicole Nelson. I hope I didn't butcher your name. Appreciate you joining us today. How you feeling, Kelsey? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. A true pleasure. You did stellar. You did perfect. <laughs> that was Yo, a great I'm try- intro, but excited to join I'm- you. I'm trying to be like you. You the profet- You professional. You've been doing this for years. You actually, you know what I mean, like on a big screen, doing this. Um, thank you again so much for people who are unfamiliar with Kelsey. Who is Kelsey Nicole Nelson? Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just a woman of so many different hats. You know, I wear the mentor role. I have a bunch of mentees um, in media, sports media, people who want to be professors. I'm obviously a college professor. I just finished my first semester with Doral College. Outside of Miami, it was amazing. Taught intro to radio and podcasting. I'm just, I just try to be a boss. I guess is the way to describe it. Anything I, I do, like I kind of put my best foot forward. I like <laughs> it. Trying to be a boss. Supporting or whatever I'm doing, right? You just have to bring it. So I, I've never been one to have myself in one box, and this is why when people introduce me, they're always like, "Okay, Kelsey, how do we introduce you? Because you're doing all these different things." But I love mm-hmm. it because at the end of the day, you know. When all was said and done, I just want people to know I was a hard worker, I was a hustler, and I just tried to make things happen and make sure I gave back to people. So hopefully that's how people remember me. Oh, yeah, that's that's very key. <laughs> um, you know, for most people, especially, you know, in the D.C. area, you know, I mean, we don't come from wealth, but your breakthrough, uh, I was reading, actually came from when you were part of an organization called Most Valuable Keys, uh, MVK in Washington, D.C. Tell us about that experience. Tell us yeah. about that, you know, that turning point in your life. Yeah, like you said, I didn't, I didn't come from money, right? My parents moved up up north, you can say, from Mississippi because they wanted a better life for me. They wanted to make sure I got into a good school system, but they had to work their way here and make sure they could provide. Um, and so I grew up, you know, your average kid, but luckily I've had so many people touch hands. My parents worked a lot, so I was in every daycare, stay with every every babysitter. I, I'm a boys and girls sub <laughs> yeah. kid, and luckily I had, <laughs> I was actually going to a rec center, Plumgar, which is out in Germantown, Maryland. And, you know, my parents weren't able to buy sports tickets, right? It's expensive to go to a sporting event. And I'll never forget, Most Valuable Kids is a wonderful organization. They partnered with us, and we would get tickets to sporting events. And for me, it was great because I've always loved sports. I played sports. And even though we were in the nosebleed seats, we were there, all right? We were Mm -hmm. there. And that's what I really knew. I was like, this is home. Like, every time I would go there, this is home. I would always, you know, see the broadcasters, be with the fans. Like, I knew that that's what I wanted to make a career of. And so luckily for them, you know, I got to go to my first sporting events here in the D.C. area. And lo and behold, now these are the same arenas that I'm covering games in. So it kind of shows you how life goes full circle. Like truly, you know, I went from all the way at the top to now I'm on the court. Like it just tells you anything can come true. That's what I tell people. Like, you know, if you chase after your dreams, you manifest it, it can happen. Like a Celtics player said in one championship, you know what I mean? Anything is possible. (laughs) Uh, Where did you go to school? Where did you go to high school? 
I went to Clarksburg High School, Montgomery County. Of course, the, bur- the best high school in Montgomery County. First four-year graduating uh, class. <laughs> shout out to the Rockville Rams. Shout out to the Rockville Rams. I'm the Rockville Rams. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have to do the Coyotes. <laughs> hey, man. No, no, no. Rockville and I Rams. Loved it. I loved it. We don't get to play y'all, uh, but um, you, you're African-American. What is your background? Um, where, where you, where, I know you're from a deep yeah. so where, where's your background really? You know, that's a great question. So I'm from this area. My parents are from down south. My, my dad's side's from New Orleans, Louisiana. My mom's side's from Mississippi. You can trace back, you know, to unfortunately slavery. But, you know, beyond that, I can't tell you much more than I am a, I'm a black woman. If you were, if <laughs> Southern you were to black to... woman, right? I love it. If you were to go to the motherland, where would you go? Where would you go? Ooh, if I could go to the motherland, where would I go? I honestly, probably South Africa. I always hear so many great things about South Africa. So I would probably pick South Africa. I just, I want, I feel like it's it's on my bucket list. Once I get my savings together, it's definitely a trip I want to take. And who knows, with the NBA, NBA Africa, and so much more coming there, it might happen sooner than later NBA, so pretty NBA, excited I'm, I'm about saying, it the nba needs to tap into nba africa and make that a think team because like i'm yeah. loving it. i mean it shouldn't just be a one-time thing they should actually play some games like the nfl plays at least one game you know what i mean in the uk so we need that it's um, yeah it needs to happen did you play any sports you know in high school or college growing up did you play any sports or anything yeah not in college, because if you've seen the University of Maryland, those girls are amazing. I, I, I'm humble where I can say I, I could not have played with them. I got to cover them. In high school, I did basketball and volleyball. And before that, um, I did soccer and tennis as well. So I'm kind of full-rounded in sports. Again, I'm competitive. So anything that was out there, I love doing. So you're a uh, Terp alum? I am. I went to Maryland for undergrad, got my degree in broadcast journalism and African American studies, and then went to Georgetown for grad school. So truly when people say like, I'm born and bred in the DMV. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fully, fully all DMV. Went to school here, grew up here. I can tell anybody anything about the best eating spots or anything else they need to know. <laughs> Love it. So most, you know, most kids like myself, well, if you know, if you were to ask them the question, what is, your, who was your favorite teacher in high school, college? They will enlist their PE teacher. You know what I mean? Like, what? what really? Who was the yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because P is easy. You get an easy A. You know what I mean? And it, it's, that, it's that, you know, for, for well, most some, people. some. Some. I see people fail PE. I'm just saying. You out here. You know, hopefully you brush. <laughs> but, you know, most PE teachers, whether it's a male or figure or that kind of like, you know, parent outside of the home uh, kind of thing. But yeah. for you, who was that, you know, professor or teacher who shaped Kelsey, the, you know, the, the amazing reporter that you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, I, it's easy for me. I go back to when I went to Dr. Sally K. Wright Elementary School in Germantown, and it has to be Mrs. Vance. She was my first Black female teacher. And for me, I remember it, and that's why I was easily able to answer your question, because she was the first time I saw a teacher that looked like me that was teaching me. And early on, I saw how much more she would push and propel me, because I went to school where there wasn't as many kids that looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of helped me prepare for having the odds stacked against you and always expected the best of me. Kind of became that mentor second mother figure so I think definitely her because again it's sad but most of us can remember when we had our first black teacher because we need to get more black teachers in our schools but I think Mrs. Vance you know just had a terrific impact on me and helped to make me who I am today. Yo shout out to her you mentioned something so key so important you know what I mean especially in the climate that we are stay fighting for black lives you know all black lives why is it important for networks? You know, we're talking Big Ten, you know, um, MEAC, yeah. whatever it is. So even Fox Sports, you know, ESPN, why is it important for them to hire Black? Mm-hmm. And not only Black, but Black women in sports entertainment. 
Yeah, it's, it's important. Your, your network should be representative, I think, of the country. America is diverse. We're a melting pot. Each year, we'll become more majority minority because we're growing. We're diversifying. So you need people that can look at different viewpoints and perspectives. We talked about how I grew up. I have a different perspective than some of my colleagues just because I grew up in those environments. I can probably relate better to some of those athletes because I know what they went through, right? Like, I know what it is when it comes to our hair and hairstyles and things like that. They can have a conversation with me probably that they might can't have with somebody else who won't understand that. And so you need to have diversity too, because when it comes to important decisions that need to be made, you want all different voices. So you make the best decision. You sometimes won't know if you're offending people if you don't have that person in the room to say, hey, watch out. Like, what are y'all doing? That's a no-no. That shouldn't happen. Right. And I think that's what we're seeing now. You see, that's why you see all these equity statements. All of a sudden, companies are like, hey, now that we see all this going on in this country, you know what? Maybe we should look back at this. Oh, look at my newsroom. Look at my employee office. It's not that diverse. That's the problem. I need to make sure that I have the best people forward, but also that, again, that it represents each and every person. You want every voice in the room and every voice at the table if you truly want to make the best decision. Yes, that's so dope. Um, and I think it's very key. How important is it, though? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to insinuate anything by this statement, but you, we talk about unity in the sports entertainment world as you and, you know, the yeah. person navigating this, this industry. How important is that unity, especially as black women and, uh, you know, moving the, the needle forward? Yeah, unity is so important. I mean, you're so much stronger together than you are separately. And if you think about it too, unity, when you join forces together, it's not only about you in that moment. You're trying to pave the way for the next generation and people to come behind you. You're trying to break down that glass ceiling and break down that door. And if you think about it, unfortunately, I think in our community sometimes, you know, as women, women in general, we sometimes get, oh, they're catty, they're this, they're that. No, we can't be that. Everybody can eat. There's room for all of us at the table and so when you're unified together you're stronger and you show united front things happen mm -hmm. change happens that's why you see the change happening in this country because it's a united front it's a united group of voices it's not just one it's not just two it's everyone and i think this is why i've been glad to be a part of groups like the association of women in sports media the national association of black journalists because you gain people that know the challenges that you're going through know the struggles but also people that can celebrate your successes and so it's yeah. a beautiful thing when we come together because, you know, we, that's how you make change. That's truly how you make change. So I want to take a step back, right, Kelsey? And, um, you know what I mean, like get deeper into like how how exactly, you know what I mean? Like we know you, you were ingrained in sports, you know what I mean? Like in reporting and everything from like high school. How did you how did you get started? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like where did that passion come from? And like after college, I know it's a cutthroat industry. It's not easy at all. You know what I mean? Like how did you get started? Yeah. It's a great question. So again, I started early, like I was my parents. So my name obviously Kelsey Nicole Nelson. My nickname KNN is not only because it stands for my initials, but it goes off of CNN. I was always that kid that was watching the news, interested in the news, asking questions, always sitting in front of the TV when my parents were watching it. I always wanted to know more. And in high school it started, I, I started as a news managing editor and I grew in that role with our Howell newspaper. I was over the high school year, but the last two years, my junior and senior year, I was over that editorial process and obviously got to make that and publish it. And I just knew I loved journalism. I grew up in a sports family. My mom played sports. My dad played sports. My dad went to Grambling State University. I grew up in this HBC. All my aunts went to Jackson State University. I grew up in this HBCU sports family. If you know about Grambling, you know about the Bayou Classic. I grew up in this world, so I was always around sports, and I'm a daddy's girl. I always wanted to be there. I always loved the game. And so going through that, when I got to college, it's funny, when I went to college, I started at Maryland, I said, college major, 
because I had let people talk me out of the journalism industry. It's hard. It's trickle. You don't know how much you're going to get paid. So like, I'll do psychology, right? I like law and order and, and CSI and stuff. Took psychology course. It's like, mm, yeah, this is good, but this is just not me. So switched to the journalism major and everything fit. And I did a bunch of internships in college. I was networking. I was working for the University of Maryland Athletic Department. Truly to be in media, it is who you know, but it's also your hustle, all right? People call me sometimes the hardest working woman in media. And I, and I take that title not gently because you have to make a way for yourself. You have to pave the doors because the opportunities are not gonna always be there. Building your brand is not the easiest thing, especially in an area like DC or really the DMV where there's so many people, there's so much competition and you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. Left through the internships I did uh, paved way to my future. So like one of the best internships I did when I was young, when I was younger in college, I interned for NASCAR. I did a diversity internship for them. It was amazing mm -hmm. because one, people don't expect a black woman to be a NASCAR yeah. and I had some Bubba unique Wallace, experiences there. <laughs> and look at what's happening now. And you best believe people can come to me like, oh, Kelsey worked for NASCAR. And guess what? She has a unique perspective because she's a black woman. And it's crazy because when I was there in 2013, this is kind of when Bubba Wallace had moved up to the next series and was really beginning to get a name for himself. And of course, now with all that's going on, we know Bubba Wallace's name. But also the internship prepared me for some of the struggles that you face mm -hmm. in the sports industry, but also it, breaks some it broke some stereotypes. I mean, you know, I had this I had this image or what I thought a NASCAR fan would be. And I got treated completely differently. I learned to love the sport. I started doing, I got to do some radio hits with Chocolate Thunder on Sirius XM NASCAR channel. Like, I mean, there was just so many crazy things happening. But again, it, it helped me differentiate myself and make sure that I can make a name and make a mark in the sports industry. And also I'll just give this advice. You got to know all sports. You need to watch all sports. Of course, you have your favorites, but you really want to show that you can do any and everything and talk about everything. Know all sports, watch all sports. Hardest working woman in media right here, Kelsey Nelson. <laughs> Man, listen, you, you, so what is, what is it that you do right now? Uh, and we know the, the big, you know, oh, box sports, you know, yeah. so you've got other things that, you know, you got your hands in other hats. What is it that you do right now? Yeah, so currently, of course, COVID has kind of pretty much changed everything. So I'm still working, but working from home. My uh, podcast radio show, Listening with Kanan, has just taken off tremendously. We started the live stream. People loved it. We're bringing them more content. It's been amazing. And essentially, this is the show I do every Thursday and Saturday. Thank you. That means a lot. There's a lot of work that goes behind it. I have an amazing team. And I sit with different athletes or people in sports media, and we talk an hour about what's going on. So, you know, I just had Warren Moon on the show coming up. Um, I have Ben Wallace on Saturday, Detroit Pistons fans. You guys should know that name very well. I have Anthony yeah. Murrow on Friday and I have Art still tomorrow. So, I mean, just the lineup has been crazy. I mean, I had Meta World Peace on. Like, it's been ridiculous. I'm still reporting sports, but from a different perspective, we're talking about the COVID impact on it. You know, we're talking about this crazy NBA season and all the things that are going yeah, around yeah, around that, the saying. WNBA season. You know, <laughs> it's so much. We're talking about George Floyd. I mean, people, I would hate when people say sports is separate than news sports has touched everything sports is impacted by everything so we're talking everything we're talking societal issues we're talking just we let the conversation blow i just had jamie will uh, i just had jamie winborn on he's a cancer survivor and a former nfl player so we touched on different things he's had run-ins with the police we're able to talk on those and hopefully try to find a way forward so that's been busy of course, sideline reporting is how a lot of people know me. Of course, I can't do that now because if we're not, we don't have any games. But essentially now we're bringing the games to me. We're being innovative. So essentially I'm doing more feature stories now. I'm preparing to drop some new shows. I'll have some exciting news that people are following me coming in a couple of weeks of some brand new announcements. And then as a college professor, I'm still mentoring. I'm preparing for the fall semester. So there's still a lot in the works. I'm still doing radio shows with different groups. In fact, freelance, I do a lot of different shows each and every week. 
Um, but it's been good. It's busy. I think I'm busier now than I was before. I really don't have like a, a cutoff point anymore because it's just, you know, go, 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 go. But essentially my hands are in a lot of different places and just trying to produce great content. Uh, real quick, where do you where were you when you heard Kobe's death and how what was your reaction? Yeah. So it's crazy. So I think I had actually come back from LA like like two days, two days before, two days after. Um, well, I was I was back in the DMV area, but I was in two, in LA two days before I had heard the news. And it's crazy because that was actually my first time in LA, right? So when I got to LA, of course it was you know I mean LA is a fun town. If you've been to LA, everyone's great. It's nice. It's sunny out. And then I had saw so many Lakers things, and lo and behold, of course I didn't know what was yet to come. But I'll never forget, I was in the car and my group chat was going crazy. And I think it's my friend Brian first who put it in there. And we're like, no way. He sent us a TMZ, a TMZ uh, screenshot from Twitter when they released the news. I was like, no way, no way. So of course we all go on Twitter and we see TMZ posted it. People are still questioning. And we're like, there's no way, like there's no way. This right. has to be wrong. Somebody hacked them, they jumped the boat. And then of course, lo and behold, you just keep seeing updates and you see other people reporting it. And it was truly one of those moments I feel like where we'll all remember where we were. We'll all remember where we were. I literally had to, we had to stop the car because you had to take it in. Michael like, Jackson, like Michael Jackson earthquake. Michael Jackson is one of those. See, it's crazy. I think Whitney for some is also another one. And that's how big Kobe was. It wasn't supposed to happen yet. You know, it's like, we all know we have, have an expiration date, but, but not Kobe, not yet. He wasn't old, we just saw him. And you know, it was, it was crazy. And again, even when I started my shows this year, Best believe every interview question we talked about Kobe and it's not just basketball players. I mean, Kobe impacted so many people, so many people, not even just Kobe. We talked about Gigi too and her future that was cut short. Yeah, she was so yeah. promising, so young, so bright. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, that was one of the hardest moments again, because I had just left LA and I thought about that. I was like, oh my gosh, if I had stayed in LA just a couple of days longer, it would have been crazy. Like it would have been crazy, but it was just truly, truly just gone too soon. And then of course we know how the rest of 2020 has went. So to say this year has been crazy is like truly to say this year has been crazy. It's just been a whirlwind, just wow. Yeah. Uh, think before we speak, who's the GOAT? MJ or LV? Oh LV. my gosh. <laughs> Look, they were different eras. If I had to pick one, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going uh, MJ, but. Oh, look, I love LeBron. But again, different know you, eras, I know. different eras. <laughs> I, know, I know you were glued to your TV watching the last dance. That's all right. I see you got a little, you know what I'm saying, like ting ting there on your left hand. Uh, what's the DMs looking like? You know what I mean? Like people, you know, lady reports. My fashion sports. Oh, man. Look, right. in my DMs, we talk sports. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, I tried. That's what I tried. We're doing. I tried, fellas. Hey, listen, we. Fellas love to talk sports, so you know what I mean? Sports can turn into, you know. Hey, understand. if it's a sports question, we can talk. We can talk. <laughs> and they open. And the DMs open. <laughs> For sports. <laughs> Mentor, Mentee-related questions, sports questions, we're talking. Anything else, look, you might be left on read. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, I rest my kids. I tried, y'all. Uh, what, what are some challenges you face, you know what I mean, Kelsey? What are some challenges you face um, in the sports, as a sports reporter? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, it's, I think every industry has its challenges, right? But when you are, I'm a double minority, essentially being a woman. 
and being black. So essentially I'm a black woman in sports. And so that comes with, you know, you, you face racism, you face sexism. Um, you know, essentially as a woman, sometimes people assume, oh, she can't talk football. She's never played. Or, oh, women don't. There's still people who think for some reason that women don't know sports. And I challenge them to go head to head with me any and every single day. Yeah. And then also, I mean, what we're seeing now is that we see what's happening in the country to black people in general. So you're also facing that. So people always feel like, you're not supposed to be in the room. How did you get there? People always ask me, well, how did she get there? there? There's no way. So you're always just constantly facing scrutiny. Like it's, you have had to earn your reputation. I've put a lot of work in. I'm very, very protective of my brand and my rep. I'm picky about certain things because it's hard to build it. And it's so easy to mess it up and get it taken away. And again, people are waiting for that. There's so many people, unfortunately, who don't want you to succeed, who don't believe in you. And so, you know, you're, fa you're, you're fighting that like each and every day. Um, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Again, when you're, and then also in media, it's competitive. Somebody's always coming after your spot. You know, I mean, there's always the next person coming up. And then also there's people before you that you're waiting for. So it's a lot of different things. But at the same time, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love a challenge. I think, you know, you have a unique way to, to make a place in this industry. Working in sports talk radio, working in sports media, you're always the underdog. But I think there's nothing better than being an underdog and proving everybody wrong. And that you can do it. So, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You feel, though, that, um, you know, female reporting is respected by male athletes in whatever, you know, sports, because NBA, NFL, and in just your career? Yeah, honestly, I think male athletes, I know there's like, some people are like, oh, you know, do they hit on you, blah, blah, blah. I think, I think there's a respect level. You have to remember, a lot of these athletes, especially the black athletes, they're coming from black moms. They have black sisters, black aunties, and everything else. So they kind of know what you're facing. They look out for you. And I feel like essentially mm -hmm. for me, it's been more like a, a little sister, big brother type of relationship where I'm the big sister and the little brother type of rela relationship. It's really like y'all become family. And that's a great feeling. Because think about it. You're with these guys a lot. They see you a lot. <laughs> when you see yeah. somebody a lot, you better have a good relationship with them. And at the end of the day, if they know you have their best interests in heart, they're going to treat you with respect. You give them respect, they give you respect. And that's what I love, you know, so when I need somebody for a story, when I need somebody on my show, it's so much easier. Oh, that's Kelsey Mae. I got her. What she needs, what she needs. Our vice president <laughs> to break a story. You know, I can, it's by, so it's that relationship. And that's what media is, it's building meaningful and impactful relationships. And that's what's and, so important. So yeah, important. And you just, you know, listed a lot of the guests coming on your show, you know what I mean? They won't, they won't be there if they don't respect you, you know, and the, and the brand. Um, right. You know, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, like the collegiate uh, sports, especially when it comes to basketball and, uh, and uh, football. How do you feel, you know, um, the, the different leagues and, you know, conferences has handled this uh, idea of paying athletes, or collegiate athletes, you know, what is endorsements, so making oh, it, you know, a living of their, of their, of their name and brand? Yeah. So obviously this has been just crazy, crazy, crazy. And it's kind of the age old question, you know, should we pay athletes? And it goes right. to the whole amateur versus professional athlete. Um, think about it. Colleges make so much money off of these athletes, right? This is what schools, this is why you see these multi-million dollar facilities. You see these nice training centers like LSU has. This is why Maryland put so much money into their new football bubble. Um, I mean, sports generates a lot of money for schools, especially your power five schools. You see why Maryland moved to the big 10. More money in sports, more revenue, more just ultimate, ultimate bottom line goals that they can reach. So when it comes to paying athletes, I think it's, it's, I think if they're putting work in, why not get paid? You wouldn't want to not get paid for something that you're not doing. No, I get it. Yes, they're on scholarships. They're getting that paid for, but they put a lot of work in there. They're playing these sports. 
they're going to classes, right? They can't, there's limitations. They can't work and different things like that because mm -hmm. they're on scholarship, right? They have mm -hmm. different commitments and things. But the problem is, and I think what's always been so hard is no one has really been able to find this, this model of how you pay. People forget. Big schools are not the only one where you have to pay athletes at, right? We're looking at your small schools, your D2s, your D3s, Title IX requirements, making sure you're paying the women's sports yeah. too, making sure you're yeah. paying all the men's sports. And we think about football, basketball. What if you have an archery team? What if you have a bowling team? All right, so there's so many different yeah. layers of it, and this is what makes it so hard. People automatically go to football and basketball, but look <laughs> at all the sports at your school. There might be some sports you might name like, we have that? Like, right. Speaking of bowling. You have to figure that out. I'm a UMES alum, you know, shout out to MEAC conference. We clean yes. the pins in bowling every year, you know what I'm saying? Big scholarship in bowling. Look female, at that. Female bowling. If you're looking for scholarship when you bowl your female, go to UMES, University of Maryland, Instant Show. Shannon Sharp, <laughs> shout out to South. See, look at that. First take, That's you know fabulous. We out here. It's like, I mean, let me stop. Um, <laughs> you mentioned, you know, uh, listening listen in with KNN. What is sports right. smart and what is the difference? It's two different brands of yours. What is uh, sports smart and what yeah. is the difference? So sports smart, that's great. That's a podcast that's by the National Sports Media Association, which is like the National Media Association for all sports journalists. So it was so great to be asked to do that for them. Essentially mm -hmm. for that, I get to do the voiceovers. And it's funny because I had never really done like voiceover work. You know, because I'm on radio, of course, it's just your, your, but when you do voiceover work, it's different. Like you look at commercials and everything else just differently once you invest in that. And SportsSmart essentially aims to just educate people on topics in sports. The first episode we did talked about concussion. Another age old question, how do we make the game of football yeah. safer? And then essentially listening with KNN is kind of more fun where I beat, I have full control over that. I'm the host and executive producer. And we just talk the latest and greatest in sports. We have a conversation. It's me and one other guest. We're SportsSmart. It's usually a panel of guests. Um, talking about different issues on my show. We have fun. We laugh. And look, we've even cried. We've had some difficult conversations. But at the end of the day, it's just to get, get the people what they need to hear. I always say, at the end of my show, I want you to have fun and I want you to have learned something. So you needed to laugh, but you also need to an aha moment. And that's all I ask everybody that listens to my show. Have fun and learn something. And that's, what, that's my goal. That's my aim each and every show. I love it. I love it. Um, take us to the sidelines, you know, like what is, what is the energy? Like you've covered some premier sports events, you know what I mean? Like WNBA finals, yeah. NBA finals, you know what I mean? Like Super Bowl, you know, being there, take us to the sidelines. What is it like? <laughs> I love the sidelines. The sidelines, you're in the middle of everything, right? You have the fans in your ear, you have the players here, the coaches here, you're hearing everything. Sometimes that you all can't hear on TV because of SPC regulations. What is it? Deshaun but Jackson just... said, Bring mics to every NFL play and I'm with it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Look, FCC is like, oh no, oh no. Look, so we're in the, no, 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 no. We're a family sport. But it's fun. The sidelines essentially like you're getting a, a tone and a feel of the game. That's your job. Yeah. If something happens, you're the first line that's going to report it, right? If there's an injury, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, what happened? Will they be able to get back in the game? Are they out of the game? Does this change the trajectory of the game? Was this a star athlete or a star player? You know, it, it's, it's all of that. And then also you get the pure raw emotions, like, right? If a coach is down, but I have to get a sound bite, more than likely he's going to be mad. I'm going to ask him, you know, like, what, what did your team do wrong? How do we get them mm -hmm. better? And as they're going up, you know, how do you keep this momentum coming out of the half? So I love this sidelines again, because it's kind of like that pulse. You're the heart of the game. You're that beating point. You get to go around. It's a lot of work. I don't think people realize that. You know, they, they see the stand-ups and they don't know what goes into it. But 
I love it. It's those quick hits, but it's making sure you get those quick hits with that necessary information. And especially in college sports, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I wouldn't trade it for the world. What is your biggest all moment? moment in like your whole career my biggest uh, moment oh my gosh so it's crazy i think i have two one i would say kobe's last game in dc mm. when they played against the wizards i mean that was kobe's farewell for farewell for look i can't even talk now because i was just so it was an aha moment i mean it was something special something magical and i had never still to this day i had not seen that much media in capital one arena that's what kobe does that's what he brought and then I think I would say that when I went to the NBA Finals in 2016, that was an amazing game. If you remember this, I'm talking about Cavs, Cavs Warriors, and, and you remember those those great series. Yeah. That was and then I probably my <laughs> and then my third one would probably be my first Super Bowl, which was in Atlanta. So this was year before last that the Patriots won against the Rams. Nothing like a Super Bowl. Like talk about media frenzy. Talk about everyone being everywhere, players everywhere, celebs everywhere. Just the craziness, like. Those are moments I'll always cherish and always remember. And it's, again, it's a great time to just network and really make a name for yourself. Most difficult interview. Most difficult interview. I'll probably tell you the one I was most nervous for was I interviewed LeVar Ball. He oh, was LeVar Ball. He was awesome. He was awesome, but I was so nervous because I was like, I would say so this though. Strong. Sorry to cut you off. I would say this though. We have LeVar Ball to thank for a collegiate athletes getting paid now, but that's my opinion. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, because he was pushing that. He was pushing that. I was yes. just scared because I was like, if this goes wrong, he's going to tell me off on my own show. Mind you, at that. Right. So I was like, let me make, but let me tell you, we had the best conversation. And it's crazy. My show's an hour. I ended him after an hour. I get off my, my radio show, and course, director was like, why did you stop him? He wants to keep talking. And LeVar gave me the biggest compliment. He's like, I don't know why you're not on these huge national networks yet. National, you know what you're talking about. And he said, you, you respect me. I wasn't trying to get a soundbite of LeVar. You know, sometimes people say stuff to just make people mad because they know they're a soundbite. We had a conversation. I talked to him as a man, as a dad, you know, just, mm -hmm. just in general. And he respected that. And he took me places. I wasn't even going to go, but he took me there because he respected what I was doing. And so I think... That was probably definitely the one I was like, man. And that's kind of one that really kind of put me on that next level in terms of people getting to know my name and my brand um, and, you know, what I do. Yeah. Uh, most embarrassing moment covering sports in your career. <laughs> most embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. I have a million. Let me tell you, I, feel like, I grew up a tomboy. So even now, when I wear heels, I wear heels just to wear with heels. I've, I've tripped over wires and cords, <laughs> fell in front of people. Like, I've... I've spilled food on my I mean I have a million I have a million the hair was out of place like I I am that person I am that person but you know what? it makes it makes it fun it honestly does like you look back and laugh you know at those moments you know we, we all have blooper reels whether we show them or not but uh, I have a lot yeah, I don't know if you have time to go through everything but I'm always embarrassing myself but you know what? hey it's me and I learn and I get better and I can laugh at myself and everyone needs to learn to be able to laugh at Hey, that's the that's the way to do it. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of you know friends. Um, I studied communications and art in arts as well in college, and I have a lot of friends who you know what I mean, and young young uh, female you know nephews and I mean nieces that you know are interested in going into you know the media world. Uh, you you know blaze that trail. You know what I mean? And following in other great you know great footsteps. What advice do you have? Shout out to Deanna, by the way. Shout out to D. I see you. What advice do you have for people like that who are trying to you know break into this field? you know, in, in whatever capacity, like drop the gems, drop it, drop it, please, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got to stay hungry. 
Mm-hmm. You're not, you're going to get a lot of no's. I still to this day, I keep a folder of all the no's I've ever gotten. It's one of the biggest email folders in my email, but you have to know the right opportunity will come. You have to be patient. It goes back to just timing and, and knowing what's meant for you is going to be meant for you. I would say also you, you have to network and you have to just, you have to build your brand. So when you're networking, you're making sure people know your name. I always tell people when you go into a room, you shouldn't leave out without at least one person knowing your name and at least one person knowing you were there. Because otherwise I would ask you, why were you in that room? And it amazes me sometimes. Some people go into a room, not feel comfortable and just walk out. No, no, you were meant to be in that room. I think anywhere you go, there's a time and place you're meant to be. But make sure people remember you in a good way. Make sure people remember you in a good way because then they're going to start to ask questions. They're going to start to look you up and maybe want to use you for different assignments and different things. And I think I always say like the three D's, I took this from Karan Butler, you know, stay dedicated, stay disciplined and determined. That's what it is. You got to be disciplined in your goal or task. You got to be determined to do what you want to do. Um, dedication, determined, and then de- dedication, determination and discipline. And that determination is going to be huge. That's what pushes and propels you. If you know, you have a goal, you're not going to stop, right, until you get there. And don't let anybody stop you. You're going to have naysayers and people that say, you can't do this. What are you doing? Go get a day job. No, this is what you want to do. And yes, be able to pay your bills, but never stop chasing your dream. Never stop chasing your dream. And I say, lastly, find a mentor. You can't do this alone, right? There's greats, there's, there's greats that came before me. I want to be like them. Get them to be a mentor. See what they went through. See their challenges and their struggles. What made them successful? James Brown, the great James Brown that we all get to watch on Sundays come football season. He's one of my mentors. James Brown is one of the best in the game. Truly one of the best in the game. And, and he's been there a while. I mean, an incredible man with incredible talent. So yes, I want to learn from somebody like that because he's been there, done that. He knows the people I need to know. He can tell me, you know, what I need to, to do to get to that next level. You know, he can tell me some of the trials and tribulations that lay ahead. So I think those would be probably my best tidbits of advice. And I'd also say what I always tell young, young, young reporters, watch your social media. That's your brand. It's so easy for people to find you now. Some people will judge you without knowing you. They're going to judge you from your social media. And yeah. I don't care if you say, oh, that's just my social media profile. But that's how people are judging you. Make sure it's clean and it yeah. looks nice. Cancel culture that could be the strong. yes or no to a job <laughs> you want. And look, look, cancel culture is for real. Like, you know, everything you tweet, look. People will go back in your old tweets. Make sure it's clean. Make sure it's clean. And you need to go do some deleting. Because again, this is your brand. This is how people are going to best reflect you. So yeah. social media, your brand building. And it's hard. It's, easy, it's, it's hard to build a brand, but it's easy to break it. Just remember mm. that. It's, it's, it's hard to build it up and try to get to that level you want, those millions of followers. But it takes that one crazy thing, that one bad thing, that one bad night to easily break it. I'm about to go tweet that. <laughs> um, you know, we talking sports. <laughs> we talking sports, you know what I mean? Like, as an athlete, I played soccer in, in you know, high school, you know. Uh, we ain't going to talk about why I ain't playing college and why I ain't make the, you know, it's the UFA Champions League, but that's the story for another day. You as a reporter, you know what I'm saying, like, dabbling in sports, for, uh, you know, uh, what is your pregame song? My pregame song. Ooh, it depends, it depends on my mood, honestly. I feel like it's so funny. I got asked. I got asked my walk-up song, and I told them it was Melanin by Sierra. And they were like, Melanin hey. by Sierra? I said, yes, I love that song. It's talking about the melanin in my skin, you know, hey, what we yeah, can yeah. do. Um, it was Sierra Lala. It was a bunch of black, powerful women. I love that song. I love Beyonce, who runs the world, girls. Like, I'm truly a person that believes black women can do any and everything, and that mm. nothing can stop us. So I feel like I love that, you know, Dreams of Nightmare, Meek Mills. I don't know. 
Oh, that's a tough one. What are you not very good at? What am I not very good at? Talking slow. <laughs> oh, I'm man. so funny. Yeah, I feel like most people, most people are the opposite, right? Where they're like, and I'm a person that I have to like. I love the energy, though. I love the energy. To talk slower. <laughs> like, I've always been that person that talks extremely fast. And then I think, too, though, now, I, as I've gotten older, I've become a better listener. I don't think people realize how how important and necessary it is. Yeah. Well, actually, sometimes you hear, you hear, sometimes you hear somebody. There's a difference between hearing and listening, listening. to somebody. To become a very good interviewer, you need to be a listener, all right? Because that's when you're going to ask those great follow-up questions. That's going to be what differentiates you. That's when you're going to build a relationship with somebody you never even knew through a live stream interview because you had those great questions that made them think. How so am I, I doing? That's something I've gotten better at. You're doing good. You're just flowing. <laughs> and even though we've never met in person, we're able to talk. And not everybody can do that. Like, I think sometimes people see you on TV and they think it's easier to your interview. It's not hard because you have to, I always have to gauge a person, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you, I learn your personality instantly when I'm talking with you. Because maybe if you're more quiet, I'm not going to try to be over the top and in your face. Because that's going to be a lot for you, right? I'm going to have to bring you out your shell. Maybe you have a bigger personality than me, and I'm gonna have to tone you down a little bit so people yeah, can yeah. people can be on our level. But it's not the easiest thing. Talking in front of a camera is not the easiest thing. You know, nice. it's, it's a job, and it's something you get better at. Uh, describe the the color yellow to somebody who was born blind. Ooh, oh my gosh, that's a hard one. Yellow to somebody who was born blind. I'd say definitely bright, vibrant. <laughs> They were born blind. They don't know what brightness. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you say that? Um, the color of joy. Can I say that? There we go. I feel like joy. Just joyful, think about joy. Right? There it is. There Smiling. it is. Um, I know you got a hard out. Uh, you know, we got to lose you in a couple minutes here. But what are you most curious about right now? It could be anything. As you know, as you hear the question, what are you most curious about right now? I'd say I'm most curious about right now where the world's going to go. You know, we saw the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd, but we've seen changes. We've seen Confederate flags move from NASCAR events where people were saying, that's my heritage, that's my culture, I love it. We've seen uh, the taking down of Confederate statues. We've seen people fighting to rename uh, buildings and schools named after these, you know, these, these people who essentially went against their country, these slaveholders. We're, we're seeing this change. We're seeing companies look at their employment practices and their and their discrimination policies, their equity policies, their equality policies. So I, I'm most curious to see, will this change keep going? Will this momentum keep going throughout this year? Will there be, will there be a stop? I'm hoping, of course, that it's propelled and the conversation keeps happening because the conversation needs to keep happening. I'm curious about my coworkers who just now are asking for the first time, Kelsey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Um, you know, what can I do to help? I want to know if that's genuine will it continue you know or is this just a moment in time and right now people are well will they fall back asleep so i think i'm just curious about these next steps you know that will take in this country and in this world yeah oh man this is this has been an awesome conversation kelsey uh nicole nelson you know amazing reporter <laughs> with fox sports doing amazing things with knn you. you know what i mean like uh how can people reach you how can people connect with you you know what i'm saying you said the dms is sports only you know what I'm saying? How, can people, <laughs> how can people connect with you or you know whatever <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, social media is your is your biggest and best friend. I am usually on it because one, I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. But two, it's how I connect with the people. Like I truly am a people person. I love storytelling. I love connecting. 
people reach out to me a lot through my website, KelseyNicoleNelson.com. Message me, ask me questions, do an informational interview, set up a phone call to ask me questions. Social media, tweet me, whatever. Hop in the DMs if appropriate. Um, at the real K Nelson, you know, talk with me <laughs> Facebook. If you're if you're also Facebook, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, have my fan page. If I'm not at five thousand friends, I try to delete people every now and then. I'll try to accept you even on my personal one. If not, follow. We'll still talk. Um, but you know, social media is probably the best way to reach me. Listen to my show, listen in with KNN. I take live viewers' comments during the live stream shows. So you actually have a part to talk and interact with me um, and my guests. Check out my show, listen in with KNN on Fox Sports Radio. It's also on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And again, this is just a great way to for me to connect with the people and the fans. I listen to what they want. My guest list, I listen to what people who people want to hear from, who people haven't mm-hmm. heard from. I ask them questions that people want. So essentially, you know, just do that. Email me. I'm old, like I said, I'm old school. It's, it's easy to reach me. Even now, you can find anybody you want by Google. Um, but you know, you whatever reach. you need to do to get in contact with me, find me. Yes. <laughs> Do it, do it, do it, Carol. Do it, Carol. That's how we got her on the show. And I'm glad we did. Shout out to Ma for yes. making this happen. This has been an awesome yes. conversation. Again, we had a pleasure speaking with Kelsey Nicole Nelson, award-winning host, reporter for Fox Sports, DMV Sports Media Person of the Year, professor <laughs> and Georgetown alum. Appreciate you kicking in with us, Kelsey. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was lots of fun. Best wishes to you. I will continue to follow your work. And I see I see great things in your future and your horizon. So thanks so yes, much again. So. Thank you so much. Yo, if you enjoyed this, uh, hit that subscribe button, hit the ringer so you get up this time with drive something like this. Uh, we're on social media platform, SRTM Podcast. I am Reflex. Shout out to AK in the background making this happen. Again, appreciate y'all joining us. If you're listening in audio, do screenshots, share it in your group chats, share it to your ex, share it to your mama and all your cousins and them. Stay black, <laughs> stay safe, and uh, peace out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>